Hey, what's up, people? This is episode 56. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. The episode starts right now. <laughs> That's what happens when you got a cold. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh no! My battery low, so let me go on this. <laughs> What's up, battery. people? This is the option. Okay. This is episode fifty-six of the Option Podcast. I am Jason DeBiss. That is Rob. Keep it McLean, McLean. We got a lot to talk about today. UFC two fifty-nine coming up, babe. Um, LeBron. Another. Maybe somebody else is telling them to more or less shut up and dribble. We're gonna talk about that. We got little. Football, of course, Russell Wilson doesn't demand to be traded, but it looks like um, he's not happy there, and they're not happy with him. So, But first things first. Rob, LeBron James responds to soccer's Leighton Abramovich when Abramovich said he shouldn't be talking about politics. And I guess I'm paraphrasing, told him to stay in his lane. LeBron James responded by saying, I do my homework. There's no way I would ever stick to sports because I understand this platform and how powerful my voice is. So, Rob McLean, um, what do you think of LeBron James's response? Uh, well, first, I got to say, um, Ibrahimovic is one of the all-time, all-time soccer players, especially in World Cup history. He's had some of you know the craziest goals. He's like. He's broken that idea of you can only play past a certain age in the, in the football world. So you have to give him all the credit as well that, you know, he's coming from a certain place too. Uh, but getting back to what he said to LeBron um, about not getting involved in politics because it gets messy. Um, I mean, it's just a cop out, you know, uh, and LeBron, I feel like said it absolutely perfectly, you know, he's the one who was also talking about the, the Serbian, uh, racial injustices that he was facing because his name didn't match that. Um, and that's, I mean, okay, we can talk about names. We can talk about what people are being said, but you know, what LeBron is talking about is uh, the same exact thing he talked about. So I, I just don't see, uh, maybe he just doesn't have the empathy to see somebody else's point of view. But um, if you, if you talk up about, you know, giving people the right, the, the, the chance to just be themselves, you know, LeBron's being himself. You know, he's always been this guy, always. He's helped people. He's talked out about things that he believes is not the right. It doesn't mean he's in the right, but he has the right to have that speech. You know, he has the right to say those things. Everybody does. Now, you know, this is Ibrahimovic's, uh, you know, uh, ideas or opinions on what LeBron said, which is great. He can have them, but it just doesn't really matter because he doesn't really know what he's talking about. Like if I or LeBron would, this, would say to him, Oh, well, you know, maybe you should just keep playing soccer because people don't really care about the way your name is and all this stuff. You can't diminish someone's experiences. So uh, I think it was really, really uh, unempathetic of, of, of Ibrahimovic because, again, like we said, and especially in a lot of football, there is a lot of racial uh, aptitude. There's a lot of racial, um, you know, things that you go to different countries and they have different rules. Um, you know, in Russia, it gets horrible, horrible out there because there's really no pushback on any type of, you know, injustice at all. So, 
<laughs> very, very difficult. Uh, I tools. think LeBron responded absolutely perfectly. And that's why we haven't heard any much more about it. <laughs> I think it's his response I would call, um, you called it perfect. I call it perfectly proportionate. Um, Rob, before I say what I'm going to say, and I always sound like I say this every week, um, free speech, just reminding my friends, oh, you could say what you want. It's a free country. It's free speech, free speech, this and that. One, in America, free speech only protects you from government persecution, okay? It doesn't protect you from others' free speech. It's just as much this guy's right to criticize LeBron James as it is LeBron James to, to, to have his own views and to have his own opinions. So on a general level, um, I don't know what the rules are in Serbia and whatever. Maybe free speech doesn't apply the same way, but I want to disclaimer this to my American friends that people can just just because you're in this country and say and say what you want to say doesn't always make it a great idea. Two years ago, a few years ago, Meryl Streep goes on the Oscars, goes on this um on this political rant. And in the middle of her political rant, she said, if we do not allow immigrants in this country, then we're only left with American football and mixed martial arts, which by the way is not the art. And I thought it was a very stupid freaking thing to say. It's a very, I'm like, what the hell is she talking about? And because I'm a football fan, because I'm an MMA fan, I use that as a straw man argument to tell her to stay in her lane. And of course, when you tell, when you post something on social network to tell Meryl Streep to stay in her lane, I mean, <laughs> you think LeBron got fans? <laughs> Meryl Streep got fans. Oh, it's a free country. Oh, she gets to say whatever she wants. Oh, but that's not what she was talking about. And I only, I didn't tell her to shut the hell up. I just said, no, she should know what she's talking about before she opens her mouth, which I thought was fair. And why is that, Rob? Because if we had no immigrants in this country, we wouldn't have mixed martial arts either. Right? Who's our 185-pound champ? Israel Adesanya. Where is he from? Nigeria. Who's our 155-pound champ? Was Khabib Nurmagomedov? Dagestan, Russia. Who's our 135 and 145-pound champ? Uh, Amanda Nunez. She's from Brazil. Who's our 125-pound female champ? Uh, uh, Vla uh, Valentina Shevchenko. She's born in Peru, and I think she's she lives in, she's Russian. Okay. Um, we can go on, right? We can go on and on and on. Who else? Who else we got? We got Jan. Peter Jan, I think, is fighting mm -hmm. this weekend. <laughs> I mean, I, I could just look at the list, right? In fact, I could just look at the list of people fighting this week. Jan Blakovich, I believe he's Polish. So, mm -hmm. so if we didn't have, it didn't make sense to me because if we didn't have immigrants in this country, we wouldn't have MMA either. And to, for her to say it's not not the arts is just her being persnickety and prissy. And I told her, know what you're talking about. You know, I basically posted, know what you're talking about before you open your mouth. And I'm only using that example because there's an underlying disparaging difference between what, what Meryl Streep said and what LeBron James says. LeBron James operative words out of, and that whole diatribe, a reverse diatribe that he gave back to, um, and, and brought, uh, sorry, Ibrahimovic. Um, the word, the three words I got out of that, out of everything, I do my homework. <laughs> I do my homework everything that lebron says is not i mean 
some of it's political, but it comes from a more from a human rights movement. And if certain politicians want to hijack the narrative and say Republicans are supposed to think this way and Democrats want to think this way, that's not his problem. <laughs> he Black Lives Matter. He is a black man that grew up in Akron, Ohio. Okay, he identifies with being black. You are a black man. I am half black, half white. I more more insistent and not identify with being a black man. So, for him to speak on matters that pertain to his own wheelhouse, to his own life experience, not to mention that the fact that he did his own homework before he returned to the quote to this 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 amazing savage soccer player and savage in a good way. The dude, the dude's mm-hmm. a beast, right? Um shows that his response was not only proportionate and not only appropriate, but given our current climate and that we still have a lot of work to do, imperative. Wow, I think that's it. That's, that's <laughs> Something about else you want to yeah. add, Rob? <laughs> no, like, I just think, like we said, you know, I think LeBron responded, you know, without, uh, you know, emotion. You know, he put exactly the words that he wanted into there. And, you know, he didn't, you know, jab him at all. It was just facts on facts like if that's what you feel cool but you know come and live this experience of the kids that i built a school for that that they still have to go through these injustices or just you know uh living in a place that doesn't get a lot of public funding you know like so they don't have schools like that it's amazing lebron made that school but look at all the schools around the area you know it's just uh it's it's very difficult when people you know will take one thing in a vacuum and say this is why it happened. Um, there's so many factors on so many levels. Uh, and if we start to see and we start to empathize with other people, I think we'll start to just wrap our head around how we want to start, you know, building for the future. Yeah. And I, it's a very unique situation because he's not speaking from a place of white privilege, right? It's East, a lot right. of Eastern European people, they don't even know what the hell that means. And you know, I mean, you want to talk about oppressed, you want to talk about being able to use a firearm to for, for home protection and all that stuff. Right. Uh, I think in more ways than, than when they can identify with being black, but not. And I, and I say that humorously because there's so many layers that 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 makes it not even comparable or even close so so we're still still being serious I'm, i have to say that that was a joke you know but right. um but yeah great response lebron did his thing good proportionate response okay that's the nba he did a, good, a pretty good job um taking care of the warriors on sunday night you know he's got some some important games coming up i don't know where Angeli, An- yeah. anthony davis's status is but i think the more he does that the more he's gonna probably be mvp by default <laughs> yeah i mean he's got to do that i don't think he's got the gas tank for what he's gonna be you know up for for the next two three months honestly i just think that anthony davis he and it, like I, I was watching a little bit about this he got hurt in the last playoffs not even in the bubble he got hurt like before that you know he had to sit out from the bubble for a little bit in uh in that playoff run and now we're going into this year and he's already hurt that same area you know it's uh, it is very concerning because the bigger you get, the worse those lower body injuries become, Ooh. you know. And so, for for me, Anthony Davis, who is not that big banger type, you know, he's a he's about movement and agility, and you know, being able to uh, react quickly on the defensive end. I mean, that's a, a really difficult injury that I think and I believe that the Lakers are going to give him tons of rest for. And they're going to go out try to get another big so that they can compete with people down in the paint. Um, 
But at the end of the day, I think LeBron is going to, this is going to be a very, very, very difficult championship run for them because you're going to have an exhausted LeBron and you're going to have all these pieces that are forming into something around LeBron. And now you put AD back in and you have to figure out how all that's going to mesh again. So it's going to be very interesting. I just, you know, I think that just kind of notches them down with this Anthony Davis injury. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Cool. I mean, finishing top two or three might be important, right? Nobody wants to face the one seed in the second round. I mean, so, um, and I think they can do that. I think they'll swing that. I think they have, if you look at their schedule, um, I mean, everybody's beating everybody, but there's a huge separation when it comes to March and April. So we'll see, we'll see what happens that unfolds. The West is deep, but also, man, who, uh, I think, uh, we're gonna, yeah, the the <laughs> We're gonna get the into East these in a minute. We're gonna get into these in a minute because Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets have changed the footprint of the way yes. the Eastern um, series is being run. We know the Celtics are respectable. We know Giannis Greek Freak's mm-hmm. gonna be there at the end. We know the Raptors are well coached. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about the New York Knicks and later. Hey, maybe we'll talk about the New. Oh, ah, come on. And Miami, you know they're they're <laughs> defending. You know they're trying to get back to the chip again. So. You know, what it, what it seems to me is like there's actually a number one, you know, in the East. It's not just everybody, you know, because back in the day it was, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers. That was the number one. And then two, three, four, five was whoever else was good enough. Yeah. But now it's, it's like really. it was Miami and then Cleveland. Right. So and now you have uh, all these teams like Sixers, Bucks, uh, not the Knicks. You got Miami Heat. You know, you got all these East Coast teams that are balling right now, uh, or at least have the the talent to ball. But no matter what, Brooklyn's going to be number one. It's just what it is. I think so. I think with the three of them on the court, I don't see I don't see too many, you know, uh, too many teams and and a very good coaching staff. Yep. Yeah. That's hey, that's the yeah. NBA. We're definitely going to revisit the NBA in a minute. For now, let's go back to the NFL. On the, at mm. the top of the headline over the weekend, coming into Monday night, this volleyball or this uh, sports debate Tuesday, uh, Russell Wilson stormed out of a meeting, not happy with the owner's son. Um, mm. Don't know what the hell's going on with there, but now they're talking about he um, might not last long in Seattle, though he said he has not demanded a trade formally. Um, but has said he would consider playing, like if he were to leave, he would consider playing with the Saints, the Raiders, the Bears, or the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so, Bears. Rob, since this is a talk show and we're, 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 we're in, and hypotheticals is the order of the day, at least once or twice, if not the whole damn show, what's an ideal um, spot for Russell Wilson if he was going to leave Seattle? You know, it's really difficult to say because um, <clears throat> of those four teams, I think really two of them could could make legitimate offers for, uh, you know, for Russell Wilson, um, and especially with uh, the Bears. And I feel like that would be the greatest matchup uh, because Russell's that type of guy who's a tough guy. You can't really, you know, you're not going to knock him out of a game. So that's the kind of guy you want in a in a cold, windy Chicago game. Um <clears throat> But, you know, he's also a leader, and that's what that team really, really, really desperately needs is a leader. I mean, you've got a fantastic defense. You have a solid, solid Chicago Bears offense, um, and I think it would just be what Russell had back in, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, where, you know, he was rocking with a, a – I'm sorry, 2000, uh, 2012, 2013, 14, where he had a stud defense 
but you know, his offense just kind of wasn't enough, you know? Um, so I think the bears would be perfect for them. They can trade, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, they can keep, you know, whoever they have behind him. Uh, did they still have Nick Foles? I can't even remember. Me neither. <laughs> um, right? I, I feel like they traded him away, but just regardless, I mean, I mean Mitchell we got Trubisky, an hour show, man. We can't be better. following backups. <laughs> I know, right? Um, Mitchell Trubisky, he he had been playing a lot better this year, um, even though his numbers didn't really match. Uh, he had been playing, just playing the ball he, he, he should be playing. Um, and I think, you know, that's that would be interesting. Uh, I think Seattle's, you know, once Russell Wilson is done, there's going to be a huge reboot in that whole system. I think Paul Carroll is going to be gone. I think it's going to be a whole – I'm sorry, Pete Carroll is going to be gone. I think it's going to be a whole reboot. So uh, it depends if they're going to blow things up right now. I, I don't really like the team that they have. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bears for me is the best realistic – option uh but if we want to talk about fantasy land i would love to see him play for the saints man that would just be amazing you know put like a, a younger drew beast drew Brees type of player in there i mean it's a perfect matchup it's like drew Brees with legs you know it would taste on his legs <laughs> yeah Look, you so um... I, that's that i would love to see the saints but i don't really think that's a realistic uh, possibility so i'm gonna go with uh, the bears in this one all right, let me tell you who I don't think he should be with by, by process of elimination. Shouldn't be with the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys, uh, um, if you look at Dak Pres Prescott's toolbox, is very, very similar to Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. He has more of an upside, a long career ahead of him, and, and despite the fact that he got injured, he, had, he is a very durable person. Russell Wilson, mm -hmm. the last two years, has taken quite the beating. So I, I don't like that trade because basically it's, you got the same as Dak Prescott, but only a couple of years. Um, and Russell Wilson will fall victim to the accident waiting to happen. Okay. He will, he'll know what a true jinx franchise is if he goes there. Mm -hmm. I don't like the Raiders because Gruden is, um, Agreed. I don't, I don't know what Gruden's doing there. And I don't know if his mission statement or where Russell's direction is heading is the same place. No. Now, which leads me to the last two. Very, very good, Rob. I mean, you almost had me with the Bears, and I think, I think you kind of did. I mean, he's Russell Wilson's no stranger to, to to playing in the cold weather. Russell's no stranger to playing on the team that has a stout defense and understands the mood of the game. Like, let me just throw this away. My defense is playing good. I ain't gotta be a hero. This and that. As far as um, leadership is concerned, the the Chicago Bears have never in the history of their franchise had a leader like him not even mcmahon jim mcmahon when they won the um all the leaders were on defense right and then when they yeah. got back to the super bowl um can't even remember who the quarterback was but i know brian urlacher was a team on that on that also right. a defensive player a linebacker right. it would be the first quarterback that they have as a true leader and when i say true leader somebody that leads them when it looks like things are down that leads them even when he throws an interception my bad hey next play next play i got your back you got my back he's you see him the way he talks to his team always taking accountability not doing this always doing this always doing this you know and um putting it on his shoulders making it about himself sometimes is exactly what chicago needs um True. and look the saints that would be fun like you said it's true drew Brees' leadership it's Taysom hill's legs and it's and it's um who's our who's our guy that actually played really really good under james winston's, James's arm. winston's <laughs> arm man you know, if you remember the NFC Championship game or whatever playoff game they had, the only touchdown they had was a was a Jameis Winston. Um, it was he came in for the one, one or two <laughs> plays and threw a bomb and scored. Yeah. So, 
I like the Bears. I like the Bears because, again, he's no stranger to identifying with how a defense plays. If a defense is playing really, really good, he's like, I don't have to be a hero here. He's he's had the Legion of Boom, which was more defensive back, you know, the back four heavy. And um, the Chicago Bears is more front front four, two of the four, and linebacker heavy. And, mm-hmm. But no, makes no 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 difference to him. I'd, I would love to see Russell Wilson go with the Bears. You know, honestly, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Saints would be fun to see. But I think, honestly, the Cowboys is very realistic. Very, very realistic. You know, you trade Dak away. I mean, he's getting 39 this year, 39 mil from the franchise tag. That's sick. You know, that's sickening. So at least, you know, you can get a guy who has a, a, a set number. You know what you're going to pay him. And I think, you know, the Cowboys – still haven't really had leaders you know going back to your point you know we can call it a jinx franchise all you want but the reason why it wasn't you know was because of jimmy johnson you know the reason why it wasn't was because of michael Irvin. the reason why it wasn't was because troy aikman and you know emmett smith like these guys were real true leaders all at the same time you know and and you look back to dallas who was that the defense too haley yeah charles haley um that's what i mean yeah that's um, what i mean yep Like, they had ballers, you know. So, at the end of the day, I think that um, Ezekiel Elliott is not a leader. You know, Uh, you can't pay him that money like he's getting paid to be a leader. You know, you dump him off, you get, you know, Russell Wilson. I think you rocking, you know. I think you get a couple more linemen because you got to remember that line, that offensive line was unbelievable three years ago. So, you kind of get everybody healthy. You get them excited with a a, a real new piece. That receiving core was just going to tear up the league. I, I don't know. I don't know how you don't do that. You know, I, I think that that team is so talented. Again, they're going to lose. They're going to not win the NFC East. That's just the way it is. But that team is so talented that, and I'm not saying Dak's bad, but I think his numbers are actually overinflated because of how good that offense could be. You know, so imagine putting a guy in there who could just pick apart a game and allow him to flourish. I think it's almost like the Tom Brady situation. You know, you, you put somebody in a better situation with better players. They're going to shine. That's what it is. Yep, absolutely. I think it'd be good for his brand, too, right? I mean, oh, yeah. America's team, he wouldn't need a terribly terribly big contract because the endorsement deals and, and, and all the shine. Not to mention he's got the hot white celebrity wife. He's, I mean, he's everything you want in the in, in, um in a, in a Cowboys quarterback, except that he's not white. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to bring race races race into it, but but that's on one of our quick questions as far as Dak getting his money hey, and, and what they somehow, would do, and what they would offer Tony Romo. So exactly, you know? somehow Tony Romo at what age 33 got a massive contract, didn't even finish it, and then left. And not to even get durable. Work. Right, not even durable. Not in no offense, like he was good. But like in spurts, like he wasn't good all the time. So yeah, it's just it begs the difference. It begs it begs the question. Like, what 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 are the standards to making that money? Yep. You know, should I have this? Is it the stats? Is it the wins? Is it you know the team just isn't the right team? We're gonna blow it up, but it doesn't seem like that. So had that in my notes for quick question, man. Guess but guess we're ah. gonna be doing that all over again. Right, yes, cool. sir. Hey, let's boom on the topic three because it's our show's cool. 50 minutes, but topic three is going to be pretty quick because we're just going to go down the line. UFC 259, we got champion versus champion as a main event. I am so excited about this. There are four champions. Same. There are three titles. It is too much, <laughs> and it's one night, and it is amazing. We got Jan Blakovich, 205-pound light heavyweight champion, defending his belt against the 185-pound champion. 
champ, the sensational undefeated 20-0 Israel stylebender Adesanya. Um, let's just cut through the nonsense. Who's going to win that match? Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah. You got, you got, right. you got 20 seconds. Go. Oof. I, in my heart of hearts, want to pick Jan Blahovich. I think he's going to run through Izzy. But if I'm putting smart money on it, I really think that Izzy's going to stay on the outside, beat that leg down, and then start to go to work. Uh, because Jan allowed, allows people to hit him, and then he reacts. So I don't like that. I don't like that at all. But uh, I'm going to put my money on Izzy. I would really love to see Blahovich win, though. I really, I really like him. I'm going to go Blahovich. And I'll tell you why. He is. He has very, very good reach that a lot of the light, the, the middleweights don't have. He comes in significantly heavier than the, the, the middleweights. He doesn't have to suck himself dry and get murked and like and butt humped like like uh, Costa did. Uh, if you remember how how Israel finished him and and, and well, apparently and, and he dramatic. was hung over. So yeah, okay, yeah. Imagine <laughs> we don't want to talk was, about imagine that. Imagine how he thought if he was sloshed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, he has a great mixture of wrestling. And and striking where I think mm. Israel will try to create distance, but I think this is the one guy that can close the distance that has the reach, and 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 the wherewithal to 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 to, to narrow the gap. I think Israel gets ragdolled for a couple of rounds, and I think Israel kind of figures it out. And I think this goes to five rounds because I don't see Israel finishing him. And Israel's been knocked out in his career, and as as hard as Blahovich hits, he because he did starch um, Dominic Reyes, you know. Ooh, yeah. he starched that was pretty gnarly. Um, I gotta go Blahovich, and I and mm. I think it goes five rounds, and I think, I think, I think two of the rounds the fans are gonna be booing. I think Blahovich is gonna is not. I'm not laying prey, but he's gonna, he's gonna have him against the cage, and he's gonna have top position a, a bit, and. I think Israel's going to defend a lot of things, and it's going to look like both fighters are doing nothing, but they're really doing something, and I'm excited to see it. So, um, uh, I yeah. think KO in round four. I don't know who it's going to be, but okay. I could see a KO round four for somebody. But you got Israel? Technical KO. But, you're, but, I mean, but overall, winner. Smart money. But straight up winner, I'm going, Israel. Uh, yeah, I'm going with smart money on Izzy, but honestly, I really think that Blahovich is going to win. I think it's going to be the same exact thing as Dustin Poirier versus mm. uh, Max. Max Holloway, yeah. you know? Um, Amanda Nunez, Megan Anderson. I'll go first on this. Megan Anderson, yo, she's she's very, very physical. This is reminding everybody, this is not 135, this is 145. This is the heaviest division of women's, women's fighting, and Megan definitely knows how to use her weight. She cuts a lot of her weight in training. So even though she does walk around heavy, but when she's in training, she doesn't have to suck herself dry. She should be a lot fresher in the later rounds. But Amanda Nunez is not getting paid by the hour. And, and I still have this memory of her starching Chris Cyborg and head kicking Holly Holm. And also putting Jermaine Durandamine in check, too, who's, um, who's nicknamed the Iron Lady. And I think she does more of the same. I'll go with Amanda. I mean, I don't think how you pick against Amanda Nunez. I mean, if you've ever seen her fight, my goodness, nobody wants to stand in front of the things that she's throwing. Like, her hands have absolute dynamite in them. So unless somebody takes the fight to her, which still does not happen, girls need to be taking the fight to her, yep. not Cyborg sitting back and trying to, you know, one-two and then go rampage mode. Yeah. It's you got to have a game plan. And so I just don't see, you know, yet, Megan Anderson's, you know, level going to a place where she's game planning and executing that game plan. So I will 1000% go Amanda Nunez. Cool, man. Yep. I'm with you. Yeah, listen, hey, um, 
when Amanda Nunez's glaring losses was against Kat Zingano, and that's because Kat was able to, to push the pace. And if you remember, right. Kat was undefeated at that time, and that was a lot, um, very much how she got a lot of her wins. She defeated Misha Tate in the third round when Misha was up 2-0, um, and it was because she, she, she was constantly in her face. And and Megan, Megan can do that stylistically. I just don't see it. I, I don't see it until I see it, you know? Peter Yan. Right. Defending the 135-pound bantamweight title mm. against um, Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain. Aljamain Sterling, very, very deserving. Finally paid his dues, had some ups and downs, but found his rhythm. Caught Corey Sanhagen early with a submission. I mean, mm. technical submission, because Corey's a stud like that. He never tapped. He just went out. I, I think he did tap, and the ref didn't see it, and just went out. But anyway, um, who do you got for this, this fight? Ooh. I'm gonna go with my boy Aljamain Sterling. I I think you know his Freaking level Long is Islanders. not. You know, <laughs> I don't think his uh, his skill level is close to Jan's. But um, the one thing I did see about Peter Jan is um, he's not as aggressive as I. You know, not not as you know how he hits and how how much volume he puts. But it's like he really waits for the other guy before he explodes. Um, like he's not first. You know, I think I want him to be first a lot more, especially if you got the power of quickness. You know, you're in and out. You have an idea of what you want to do to that guy. You know, things should be happening a lot faster. So um, I think Al Jermaine has an idea. You know, he has a style that he wants to fight. And so I, I'm, I'm going to pick him on this one. And I think Jan, you know, a lot of talking, a lot of chab- jabbering, like that's not his game. You know, he does, he's not a talker. You know, he's a fighter. And uh, Al Jermaine, you know, he's, he's a talker. Like Kevin Holland, he talks. You know, and that's a part of his game. So yep. uh, I like Al Jermaine, man. I, I think if he can take it to the ground for a round or two early, um, you know, this could really go deep. And then, you know, he's got a lot of heart, a lot of size. He's a big, long, uh, a big and long guy for that division. So uh, I'd love to see. I'd love to see what happens there. So. I like Al's um, a little bit. He's aggressive. And I call it calculated risk because on the surface, it looked like he's out there with reckless abandon. You know, the right. way he like came at Sanhagen, like Sanhagen was almost surprised, like, holy shit, this guy didn't like, he didn't like, feel, there was no feeling out. He just came in, you know, clipped me, tucked, ducked me, did this, was all over me and, and was around my neck before I could even blink twice. And I think it's that kind of aggressiveness that if he does that to Jan, he can get caught and he can get, he can get, For sure. he can get, he can get cracked For hard, sure. okay? Um... And that's how I think this fight's probably going to end. I think he knows that Peter Yan has an amazing gas tank. Peter Yan hits hard, and he's going to try to do some things early. And when he doesn't get Peter Yan out, out there early, um, I think it's going to be very much how, how he lost to um, Misha Tate's ex-boyfriend, Brian Caraway, guy from a while back, submission guy. I think it's going to be a lot of that, but not in the same manner because Yan's a complete fighter. Young can wrestle, but he's he's also got crack hands, man. What he did to Aldo was 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 something to remember. So, I'm gonna go with Peter Young. So you got Sterling. I'm writing this down. Rob, Jay, we both got Amanda, Jr. Um, let's do quick winner for the main card: Islam um, um, Machevich against um, Drew Dober. Islam is um, I think Islam I think is 18 and one. Ooh. Yeah, I like him. I mean, man. some of those Dagestan yeah. fighters, man, they're just that constant pressure. They all look like Khabibs. I'm and going they can get hit. You know, that's the one thing I don't like about American fighters is they get hit, and it's like, oh my gosh, you hit me. Surprise, like these guys yeah. from Dagestan, from from Ukraine, you know, all these places from Thailand. 
you know, they they be coming in like, yeah, I'm ready to get hit. You well, know? those so guys that's, spar. That's a, they spar hard, but they spar smart. Like if you see right. all their full sparring, a lot of it's grappling. Like their full sparring is grappling and submission. So they have more of a chance of having like a sprained knee in in, in sparring than than getting knocked out or a concussion. They, you know, right. they they. I mean, I don't know what they do in their spare time. Maybe they go drinking and some some shots of vodka and take turns punching each other in the face. Maybe that's how they. Maybe that's how they get. That, that you know the strong chin but i'm going with makovic uh tiago santos against alexander rakic i think both of them have won um i think both of them are five and won their last six fights i know rakic won like uh four of his last five um god i love me some santos he showed me right. something against John Jones, man. Dude had one leg, and that was a split one decision, leg. which a lot of people thought he won. I did. I personally did not. I thought Jones won. No, he did but, not win that. Yeah, but it so, was yeah. a lot closer than it should have been. Yeah. Respect to Yakic, uh, Rakic. Sorry, Alec, um, Alexander Rakic. But I got to go with Thiago Santos on this one. You too? Same. Yeah. Cool. Um, before we leave, before we leave, um. Sorry, before we leave MMA, I have a quick uh, question that I'd like for us to answer. Last week, Rosenstruck uh, versus Gain, or Gone, uh, ended in the decision. Seven of the nine, nine fights ended in the decision. And somebody asked me, like, are all these decisions bad for MMA as far as, like, generating fan interest? And I'd like to go first on this. I say no. I said I, I think people being safe um, hurts the sport. Um, and the reason why and people's being safe sometimes leads more often than not leads to a decision, which makes some people think decisions are bad. But I disagree in the sense that if you look at some of the best fights in the history of the UFC, um, there have been decisions. Look at look at um, um, what was remember before the show, we talked about John Jones and Gustafson, that first one. That was mm -hmm. a decision. Uh, Diego Sanchez against Gu uh, Clay Guida. That's a, that's in the Fight Hall of Fame. That was a decision. That little kick that Pettis did off the cage, the Benson Henderson. That wasn't a knockout. That ended up being that was in the fifth round, which wound up being a decision. Um, mm -hmm. Forrest Griffin against Stefan Barner, which 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 actually saved the UFC, the which put the UFC back in the black time. instead of the red, uh, was a three round decision. So. Yeah, Tito Ortiz against Forrest Griffin. That was a good match, too. All, all of these fights, and we can go on and on and on. And these are all decisions, so I disagree. Decisions don't hurt uh, um, don't hurt, don't hurt the, the sport. Um, fighting safe does. Absolutely. I 1,000% I agree with you on that. You know, the other thing is, um, and we were speaking about this earlier, is that, um, you know, back in the day, they used to have, you know, these guys used to like kind of sit on one other, one another on the cage. You know, they got that away by if you're not, act, you know, doing action, uh, they stand you or they, they separate you. Um, there was a time where there was a lot of MMA. Uh, There's a lot of submission uh, going on, but I mean, there's a lot of groundwork going on, but there's not a lot of action happening. So, you know, after a certain amount of time, you don't do work. They kind of stood you up. I think that same kind of rule has to uh be initiated with uh the stand-up you know if, if you guys aren't fighting um maybe you get into uh you know um like they have in wrestling where you're one person in an offense position another person in a defensive position and then we we fight out of that or you know you put them in a in a in a tie clinch situation and then they fight out of that um uh the other thing that i was just talking thinking about is that you know if the total strikes 
for one of one of the fighters is under a certain amount of strikes, maybe they you know get get a little pay cut, you know, or um, you know if both fighters are under, maybe they both you know get a pay cut. Um, it's just there's got to be action, you know. It, this is the sports about action, and David uh, David uh, Dana White um, always talks about this. Like we want exciting fights, exciting fighters, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing against wrestlers. I have nothing against anybody trying to do ground game, but especially how the sport is right now. We can't keep bringing in Damian Myers. I love Damian Myers. I love what he does, but you got to be able to fight on your feet. You know, you have to be able to defend yourself on your feet and not just go 25, 35, uh, you know, um, what's it called? Takedown attempts, not getting a single one and then barely throwing over 30 punches. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. So I think there needs to be a little implementation because at the end of the day, this is for the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, the fighting is is nothing without the fans being excited to watch and then paying these players their 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 um, fair fair share. I think. So, yeah, I, well, I think the frustrating thing is about the to the fans shift the blame on fighter responsibility too, right? Like, if you watched, I use Damian Myers as both ex, both of my examples. If you watch Damian Maya against Anderson Silva, Damian Maya mm-hmm. went for a takedown. Silva escaped. He lays on his back. Invite right. Silva. Silva's not going to do it. So the ref is just, there's this staring contest and, and the ref's not standing him up. How And people are booing Anderson Silva. Oh, you right. should finish him off. No, it's not his. I mean, and if you look at Damian Maya against Tyron Woodley. Tyron, right. 24, 24 takedown attempts, what you just said. Tyron Woodley decided not to engage. It's the place where he has... The, the 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 highest possibility of losing so so you, right. you you're gonna have wrestlers that have better hands than these jiu-jitsu specialists they're not gonna they do have the wherewithal to take them down because that's just american wrestling we're the best i mean well i, I i'd like to say we're the best uh, grapplers in the world but these sambo guys are killing it right now so right I, I stopped, one and two I stopped one saying and two. That. yeah but yeah one and one a all right or one and two respectively right but uh, that that's the question is it's like who do we who do we as fans shift the blame on is it is or or is it not neither is it is it the ref is it the uh, maybe the ref like you said should start taking points this guy is clearly he's not going to pounce on top you don't lay on your back and rest you know and and stop and the fans stop yelling at the guy on top because you because you want him to, to 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 hit him from above but but at the same time that's the other guy's fight Especially right. in title matches. In title matches, if someone's laying on their back and inviting you to come down, hell no, that shouldn't that should never be on the champion. No. <laughs> no. <It's true. laughs> oh, I agree. I got I got triangle choke, but at least I did what the fans wanted. So I mean there's there's that that give and take. The the fighters and the fans, but but the way the, the matches are ref, like pride rules, right? They were taking points for an activity, if you remember back in the day um mm-hmm. so and i like that because look mm-hmm. i mean at the, like we're saying at the end of the day mm-hmm. it's about exciting fights you know so i don't even care if you know you guys are wrestling the whole time and there's no fight there's no punches but wrestle work fight right like that's yeah. what we're here for so if you're not giving it to us you know we should get our money back because even the diehards see the stalling like diehards right. when they see two people against the cage i don't see what casual see like right. diehards, I'm I'm close to a diehard. I'm an enthusiast. I see somebody hand slipping control. in. Yeah, hand control. I see someone's shoulder, you know, leaving himself open for um, 
you know what I'm saying, for like knees yeah. to the body or yeah. or someone has like one leg in like on his crotch, he, he might try to pull on this way for a single leg or, or, you, or you see someone's back and if they come down, if it's if it's a power double. So I, I see that stuff on the cage that, that makes a lot of people boo. But even 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 guys like you and me are like, no, this is stalling. And then I'll do my little 30 second skip on my cable remote. 30 second skip still the same spot 30 second skip still in the same spot and i'm you know and i'm like i just want to make love they, they, they just want to make love they just you it's know just I'm there. thinking, it's there damn, it's saturday night they ain't getting none this is the best this is the best they're gonna get all week so and i'm and, and I'm, I'm having fun with mma of course because i'm an mma fan and i get to do that but i'm glad we talked about that so now rob before we go to shame and no, to shame and not to shame let's get within our wheelhouse okay um Cause it's our wheel house. <laughs> Let's go beach volleyball, babe. Uh, first of all, before I talk about the Olympics and Doha and FIVB and all that stuff, uh, congratulations, Avery Dross. Congratulations, Andy Banesh winning the San Antonio Open. Awesome event because Texas, man, nobody, these days, the last couple of years, man, nobody does it like Texas. I mean, Florida is like the wild, wild west, and you'll see a bunch of tournaments out there, but these nightlights and like the, the fan separate participation, big up to Jeff Samuels, of course, him and a hitman for hire, Dylan Cox made the semis. Bobby Jones, Project I X made that. the quarterfinals, man. Did you see how well good. he played? Did you see this man play like, I've known Bobby since 2000. 2006 i never seen and he was he was mad he was a pup i never seen him jump high jump that high back then he he looked great his hands look good he looks in good shape man he looked really good shape i've never seen i've never seen him like that so big up steven roshitz of course my our, our our neighborhood narcissist and peter cannoli who you can't say a mean thing about so i got nothing on you boy um yeah oh of course evan corey evan corey made the finals along with um who did he play Logan Weber. Logan Weber actually did beat Drost and um, Drost yes. and um, in the winners bracket match. So that was a pretty good revenge match. So you got you have kind of like a true winner at the end, you know, a true decide, and I like that. So great, right. great, whatever. So now let's talk about volleyball on on a global scale. Right now in the rankings, uh, um, Kim Smith, AVP writer, great article talked about the seedings, how to get into the Olympics, how to qualify, where, and where the Americans stand. I, I don't know how recent the article is, but Kim Smith, the girl can write, man. She is the female Travis Muirwitter, so big up to her, too. Had to say, had to give her a shout-out, too. Okay, so, Rob, with the men, number one, looking comfortable, looking pretty, maybe somewhere outside of the top 10, but definitely in the top 16, Taylor Crabb, Jake, Jake Gibb. I think there's seven. Mm. Um, the women... One or one A or one and two uh, between them and the Canadians, and I think a couple of uh, one of the Brazilian teams. You got Alex Kleiman and April Ross. Alex Kleiman, you know, starting her beach volleyball career a couple of years ago, chose the right partner, chose correctly, and that is a happy marriage. So the ones are not are not uh, are a pretty simple issue. Where it gets complicated, we have a bunch of twos. You got Try and Trevor trying to finish fourth or higher. You got Phil and Nick trying to finish fifth or higher. You On the women's side, you have Clays and Sponsel um, trailing behind Kerry Walsh and... Um, Brooke Sweat. Brooke Sweat, um, but not by much. And they have to finish in certain, certain spots to keep their whatever, so this and that. So... This is going to... For people that are sensitive, you just... just 
turn off the camera. Just go go somewhere else because something we're going to say, our praise for some people is going to sound like a slap in the face to the other. So if you're that type of person, then um, whatever. Listen, there's always Rob Sparrow, who's, who's, who's always positive, who I love dear, near and dear. So, Rob, my question is, who would you like to see? as the second seed in the Olympics. Who who do you think is going to going to be it and who do you like mm -hmm. to see? Let's start with the men. So I mean, I, I only really have two in my head. You know, there's Trevor Try and then there's uh, you know, Phil and Nick. Yep. Um the way I see it, you know, honestly is uh you know, not even who made the best of, you know, COVID and being off for such a long period of time, but who needed that time, you know? Um, when you talk about Trevor and Try, they were on a tear. And I mean, obviously, uh, Try had broke his uh, thumb or wrist, you know, um, right right after Rome or something like that. Um, so it was good that he could get his time off to to heal. But as a team, I thought that they were just, you know, doing so well that if they had a little bit more time uh, doing what they were doing in that phase, I think they would have been number two for sure. But now I take a step back and, you know, Nick and Phil are back in Florida. They're, you know, doing their thing. Um, they're around a lot of great, great uh, volleyball and just getting, you know, the time into train. And that's what they really need is to not play tournaments. They need to train and get everything locked in and whatever they want to do, they need to do it clean. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go with Phil, like Phil and Nick is who I think is going to make it in. Um, just because that time off is going to help veterans a lot more than it's going to help youth um, or the younger guys. Um, so yeah, I think they the, come in. And the in tournament and they, is they, not like it's not like you have to play play multiple matches a day. That's exactly, that's right up, right up Phil and Nick's alley. You know? Exactly. You know, and so if they could just uh, you know buckle down and do a you know win a couple of uh, key tournaments, you know, they're I really feel like they'll be in. You know, Dahlhauser coming off some some break, maybe a couple more jump serves. You know, who knows. But I really like the way that they um, – I really feel like they're going to be a team that's going to maximize from this uh, time off the most. Okay, who's here's who I want to be in. I want Trevor and Try to be in. Um, Same. I'm more of a fan of the sport than I am of certain players, but I do – But. we're prisoners of the moment, and sometimes we can't help ourselves. So, so I love me some Theo Brunner. I love me – and I love me some tra uh, tra uh, Trevor Crap. You know, um, uh, of course, Taylor – needs no introduction and his respect um already there's already respect due he's a he's a top american seed so i'm actually a fan of trevor I've, and, I, and i do follow his games because i think he can do it all i think he's a hybrid i think he could play back row defense i think he could block and i think he's up there and when the stage is the when the lights are the brightest and these and these five star tournaments and these four stars or whatever, they're in there. They're in the semifinals, losing or they're in the semifinals, trying to win or in the third spot, winning. All right. And I can't say the same about the other teams in the American teams. I can't even say that about Taylor or Jake. You know, I can't um, can't say that anymore about Phil or Nick. So when it seems like the higher the level of competition, the more that their, their star shines. And I think it's because they've already accepted that they can do multiple things instead of someone point a coach saying, okay, you're only a back row defender. Okay, you're only a blocker. No, the hell with you. You can go to hell. Go kick rocks with that. We're going to do what the Latvians are doing. We're going to do what one or two of the Russian teams or, or two or three of the Brazilian teams are doing. So, so I like Trevor and Trot. Now, who I think probably should be in it, Got to go with Phil and Nick, and this is why. Trevor and Try had these lapses where they they lose they lose these matches to people that you you think they have no business losing to. You look at Phil and Nick, 
and I could say it a lot. This a lot about um, uh, Casey Patterson. You look at Phil and Nick, and you look at te- certain teams they play, and you tell yourself this team, even on their best day, is not going to beat Phil and Nick two out of three sets. On their best day, all right. You can't say that about Try and Trevor. Uh, Phil Brunner and Came Chalk on their best day can beat Trevor and Try. In fact, they have. Phil and Nick on their best day can beat Trevor and Try. Rafu and Ed Ratledge on their best day could be, you know, they're not even playing together anymore. Rafu, Raf, Rafu and Marciniak on their best day can be can be Trevor and Try. And it makes the American public think that all of these top teams are closely matched together. No, there's just these lapses and there's still a separation between the top one team and the top two and everybody else. So if I'm a pilot, if I'm if I'm in the Pentagon, right, and I need a pilot to go on a mission, do I go with the hot shot captains just to see if they could do it, or do I go with the colonel? Do I go with the, the full bird, the sure shot, the field grade officer? Um, going with the colonel. I would try to go, but I, I think Phil Phil and Nick should go. Trevor and Trash should go. You know, yeah, tries a, co- a cocky dude, man, but I love the way he plays, you know, and his love for the sport is unconditional. But I'm gonna say you're cocky, dude. You know? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree with that. I would love to see Trevor and Try in there. I love the game that they're playing. Um, I love how they're, you know, just what they're being coached and how they're coming out there and executing it. So I would love to see that. Um, but yeah, I second, I second uh, what I said and, and what you were talking about is that I really think that Phil and Nick is, is the right choice. Um, but hey, we got a great future coming in with, you know, three younger players going, uh, possibly going to the Olympics. So um yeah it looks yeah, looks great Jeez. okay now let's go to the women we only we do we need do we need to talk about ross and climbing no we do not they're one in one day no. number two um i'm gonna go first on this who do i want to see i want to see kerry walsh and i want to see um brooke sweat i want to see them because they do exactly what you expect them to do if they're the third best team in this tournament they're going to finish third if they're going to finish there, you never see them finish disappointingly lower than what you think they're going to do. And right. it always leaves room for them to finish higher. Um, who would I actually know? That's who I think is going to, I'm, I take that back. That's who I think is going to go because you know what to expect from them. Um, who do I, who would I like to see? I would love to see Kelly Kalinske and, and Stockman because mm. of the conversation we had on their best day. They can beat any of those teams. They some they have these lapses. Sometimes you're like, oh my god, just okay, just a bad day in the office. All right, cool, call it. And then they have these games where I'm like, why aren't they in the top like three in the world? You know, and yeah. everybody's Jason, you're on crack. I saw that team play last week. They're not top three in the world. Did you see that team get smoked last week? I'm like, did you just see this team today? So the team I would like to see is Kelly Kalinsky and um and Emily Stockman, a.k.a. two jacked girls. Um, who do I think will be in it? I think it'll be Kerry, and I think it'll be I think it'll be Sweat. And it's a bit of a uh, um, a happy moment because I'm a huge fan of Kerry Walsh, and and you never and just like certain people, you know, uh, like Tom Brady, right? You never never bet against Kerry, but Brooke Sweat has not shown me from the last 12 months and the 12 months before that improvement. Um, significantly on the level where I'm gonna pick them to 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 even to get into the meta rounds. I just, I mean, I don't see it. I don't. I I and it's because and I sound like I'm casting aspersions on Brooke, and I'm not. I'm attacking a volleyball player with volleyball. Um, Clay's responsible. 
the elephant in the room where I've not talked about have the same problem as Stockman and, and whatever. They're they're on and off, and when they're off, they're terrible, and when they're on, they're world beaters. Sponsel is, is, is definitely someone to be a fan of and get behind, right? She's got the look. She's got the hands. She's a side-out queen. Um uh, Kelly Clays is uh, out of that former partnership between her and Sarah showed who the real better player was between the two of them because you are what you're again I'm, I'm pounding on people but like Bill Parcell says you're better you are what your record says you are boom all right mm-hmm. um, though she hasn't won one an AVP since Sarah Hughes <laughs> but but them on their best day on their best day have not been able to beat the Canadians. Them on their best day have not been able to beat um, Sponsel and Clays. Um, I mean, um, the American team. So I look at them on their best day. What can they do in the Olympics? They're not making them at rounds either. So, um, and that might be your team that you that you want to see. And Rob, who do you got? I'll shut up now. No, you good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, who would I think is going to make it? I think it's going to be Bro- uh, Brooke and, and Kerry because, you know, they – I don't think I've seen Carrie blocked as well as she has uh, since Misty. I mean, even before Misty, I think she's probably blocking the best that she has in her career right now, um, oh. just from what I've seen. Yeah, and just, uh, that just, just makes like it that going much after the ball, mm-hmm. one-handed, you know, grabbing it. So, like, yeah, for me, I, I think defensively that team is you know studly. And 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 when you talk about Brooke getting better, I, I you know necessarily. As a as a team identity, you know that team is going to be a defensive team. You know they need to work on side out. They got to be clean on side out. They got to serve tough. But you know, carry blocking and Brooke defending. You know that's a that's that's a good defensive team. You know, so when we talk about defense, which is one of the one of the linchpins of beach volleyball. That's that's you know they're they're pretty up there with some of the best teams. Um, so that's I, that's I what I really them. want to see. I root for them. I root for them. Same, 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 same. Um, but I mean, who do I want to see? Uh, I mean, besides Carrie and and, and uh, Brooke, I mean, I would love to see Kelly. Uh, I think Kelly is a fantastic player. Um, I'm not super high on Sarah's console. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sarah and Sarah Sponsel and uh, Kelly Clays. Uh, I think Kelly's an unbelievable player. I mean, honestly, I would love to see Carrie and Sarah go back and, and, and make that reunion and see what they can do on the world tour. Um, because I think they just complement each other so well. Uh, but past that, uh, I just, you know, no one serves as tough as Kelly Clays. You know, no one hits as hard as Kelly Clays. It's like a know. dude serve. I'm going to sound sexist, but that's a dude serve. No, I mean, it's, it's a, we'll call it a, you know, a country, you know, country bread, you know, type of serve, you know, <laughs> you know, doing work on the, on, you know, on the a farm. Big ten serve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, she's got a lot of oomph behind it and, uh, as well as great, great touch. So, that's what I'd love to see. You know, I'd love to see Kelly get in there and, and, you know, play against some of the best in the world and, and, and shine. But, uh, you know, it takes a team, you know, yeah. and, uh, together, uh, you know, I wish, you know, Sarah sponsored all the best. I personally, I just, I think that Kelly is just a different level, you know, same thing with back in USC and not to take this too long. Uh, okay. I think, you know, whatever happened between her, like Sarah and Kelly, it, whatever it was, I just think Kelly was still growing. You know, she's the bigger person. She was, you know, she was almost like deer in the headlights at that point because, you know, it was so imperative that for them to block. And she got served every ball. Like Kelly Clay's got served all the time. Um, and they were just trying to make her make mistakes. Now she's grown up. You can tell by her attitude. You can tell by the way she plays. 
you know, she's, she's the leader on the team. And, you know, to have somebody else who's just as confident and just as aggressive, uh, I think would really do well for her. So I would love to see what's going to happen in the next quadrennial, but I think, um, I think Brooke and, Brooke and, uh, and Carrie are going to make this second team. Yep. Okay. Hey, um, yeah, listen, Kelly, still young and terrific right now. I mean, she might be in right. her moment now and still, like, I, I still has a ceiling. She's like, going up. She's like, going all up. the things that I said negatively about Brooke Sweat with respect to Brooke, I, I, I could say, I say the opposite. I, I do see something from the last 12 months up to now where she has improved on um, a level that I would consider uh, quasi-significant. Um, yeah, big up to her, man. I, 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 and I loved watching her and Kerry Walsh play in a qualifier for right. um, Norseka. Remember the Norseka qualifier? Cool. They were split Yeah, block. I saw that. Man, get out of here. Just a bunch of super athletes doing <laughs> their thing. <laughs> Two, you know, big old smiles on their face. So, yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, so we did our part for beach volleyball, did we not? We got it in. Okay. <laughs> yes, listen. Hey, and this man, this this is Rob McLean's year too, man. He's been training. You got got some training in Working with Alison a couple of months ago. Helped Avery Dross. I'm trained with him, helping prepare for uh, San Antonio Open. So, um, good stuff, man. Your your serve to spaces look it looks wicked right now. You're. Um, I watched the videos of, of, of the training video of Rafu and Kevin or whatever, and that that mm. was the serve. That was the serve I want you to. I wanted you to get back. <laughs> so as far as yeah. like routine and form, maybe look back at that video. All right, so <clears throat> we did our part. We're gonna we covered that, but now we have to go to my favorite. Well, hmm. I guess yeah, I'll call it my favorite thing. Rob, Shame. Jason, and everybody listening. I go to shame or not to shame? Shame. 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 Okay, Rob. Where you at? There you are. Rob, to shame or not to shame? We, we put a lot of people on our bullseye target and on the firing line, but right now we're under the firing line. It's you and me, Rob, to shame or not to shame. We're two volleyball people that don't talk nearly enough volleyball on a sports podcast. I'll go first on this one. Rob, I go, I guess I go mm, no shame. Nope, nope, I'm not going to take the hot L on this one. No shame because... For volleyball players, we're not, we don't just have fans that watch this podcast. We have coaches and professionals that watch this podcast. And when your escapism becomes, or when your, your escapism becomes your career, when your passion and something you never, you can think about day and night becomes your career, you need an escapism from that escapism. And that's what we're here to provide. We're here to provide entertainment for volleyball people who do other things besides volleyball. And to, to some of the people out there who are like, there's nothing else but volleyball, uh, when, if or when you get to a level uh, that some of these guys are competing, you will definitely understand what I'm saying. So I don't apologize for introducing uh, the real world with the volleyball world and having them intersect sometimes. So for me, um, for you, you might go shame, shame, whatever. For me, I go a big fat, no shame. Um, no, I mean, Rob, absolutely no shame. Uh, because first of all, it's called Sports Debate Tuesday. It's not called Volleyball Debate Tuesday. 
Um, and on the other side, like, like you're saying, we, we want to reach to as many people talking about, you know, sports. I mean, I love sports. You know, I've, I've watched sports my whole life, you know, every single sport, maybe not curling, but, you know, I enjoy most sports uh, and I want to talk about that. Yeah, I know, I know. But, you know, I want to talk about that. I mean, we haven't talked about skiing. We haven't talked about, you know, baseball, really. You know, we haven't talked about, you know, there's so many sports out there that we could cover. Um, so to say that we're not covering enough beach volleyball when there's no beach volleyball even happening, um, I don't know. It's a little singular, <laughs> you know, it's a little yeah, you know, small mindset, so. Yeah, I didn't come up with, but just for the record, I didn't come up with a question. I mean, it's like hey. it's like one of those things like Jason came up with a question to start Ash or whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, to whoever, you know, is out there talking about we don't talk about volleyball, you know, bring us some things to talk about for volleyball. But we're covering the stories that, you know, are yep. up there. You no know doubt. what I mean? There's not much to tell you to cover. I mean, we can go and talk about other countries and mm -hmm. international players. But at the end of the day, we don't really have a lot to talk about over here. It's true. Um, and I'm, we're moving on to quick question after this. Mm. But before we do, Casey Jennings, if you're out there, you thought I said something too harsh about Kerry, Kerry Walt, come see me because I know you one of those guys that are like, it's like Candyman. You say the name three times, he come out with the knives. Chop, 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 chop. <laughs> much love to y'all. Much respect to y'all. Now we move on to our next topic. It's quick question. Quick question. La, la. Guess my voice ain't that bad, huh? Uh, yes, get better. Oh, man. Whew. Quick question. I might be down with the sickness. I hope I'm not. Um, quick question. The Knicks are 18 and 17. <laughs> are they back? Yes or no? Hell no. <laughs> Hell well, no. Well, they quick played question. A, on this Tuesday night, they played a Spurs. Um, ask me again after the Spurs. If they beat a team that's vulnerable, that a lot of people think as far as opportunities are concerned, and taking that opportunity, they win this game, I'll say, yeah, they're back. Um, but they, they don't. They barely win the games that they're supposed to win. So, Brother, they could make the playoffs and they ain't back. They need, yeah. to, they need a full structural rebuild. You know, and I like they're doing it. But well, they sucked for so long. Back. I mean, are they back to being scrubs? Maybe the answer is no. <laughs> they're back to being okay. <laughs> You know, they're back to being 500 and then, you know, accident waiting to happen. But you know what made me, made me watch them now? I mean, I'm still a Nets fan. I'm still, I still gave up my card. I don't want it back. They are yeah. third in the league in defensive insufficiency, def, in, in, uh, defensive efficiency, and they're first in the league in points allowed. So, you know, so I think as soon as they get their, some offense and, and get that transition game, I think we'll know a lot more about them. But for now, you say no, I say yes. Yeah, but real quick, I mean, Go let's ahead. talk about the players that they have right now. They have a, a number one, like a number two overall draft pick, uh, J.R. Barrett. They have, you know, a number 10 overall draft pick in, in Kevin Knox. They have Obi Toppin, who's a number six. They, so glad you know, they This got is Knox. talent. Mm -hmm. This is talent. You know what I mean? They haven't had talent. Let's talk about who they had when, when they had Carmelo. One of the best players when they had Carmelo is Jeremy Lin. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The guy's playing the G League right now. I mean, yeah, he was good where he was at, but, like, bro, you need some talent around these guys. Like, Porzingis, of course he wants to leave New York. Who did he have? Who did he have? Ain't nobody. Exactly. We can't even name people. You know what I mean? And we're from there. We're fans of the team, and you can't even name them. When you got LeBron, I could at least name Delonte West, J.R. Smith, you know, bum players. They were okay at the time, but still, they were good enough where you could remember them. 
Yep. He's got like Knicks haven't had talent on that team since the seventies. It's been pathetic. <laughs> or the nineties, yeah. Well, that wasn't yeah. talent. Those are just hard workers. Those are just. I, but rough. I mean, those are like, rough riders. Hey, Ewing, dude. Ewing was talented, yeah. but again, he was on the edge of his career. You know, yeah. right after, even after he got home from George, like got in from Georgetown, like that college took a lot out of Patrick Ewing. Like, I'm sorry, it was just is what it is. He would, he yeah. should have been probably one of the top five centers of all time. And they he's made, not. But they made up for it with good, good, good coaching and really for tough sure. defense. They, for sure. I mean, Mason, Oakley, talent. those guys. No, that's no not exactly. I did, that's why I said definitely. You know, it's talent. hustle. They were rough riders. You know, Starks. Riders, you know, yeah. he could have had a lot more skills. I mean, were the Pistons like, talented? Hustle and, what's that? Were the Pistons talented? <laughs> I mean, Chauncey Phillips is pretty damn good. Oh, that team. You know, okay, no, okay. Which one are we talking about? Rasheed Wallace, about yeah. Thomas. Yeah, both I mean, Wallace Isaiah is, Thomas yeah. was pretty damn good. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. I, I, no I Hall of Famers, that, right? First ballot Hall of Famers. Yep. Yeah, okay. you know. So I don't know, like that team. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough to, tough to say. All right. Um, quick question: Which quarterback? I saw this on, on ESPN, so I wanted to actually put it up. Which quarterback should want to be traded between these three: Watson, Dak, or, or Russell Wilson? Quick answer. Uh, yeah, Watson. I mean, get him out of there. I gotta go, Watson. Yep. Yeah. Um, quick question: We already did this. Would the Cowboys have given the same contract to Tony Romo? That they're not giving the Dak Prescott. One thousand percent. And why yes. <laughs> is beyond me. Gotta say yes. Um, quick question. Um, thumbs up or thumbs down? JJ Watt to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. Thumbs down. He, they ain't gonna get a chip before his career is over. Nope. Thumbs thumbs down. I would have liked to see him play with his brother. We already know that. Um, quick question. The Niners are interested in Teddy Bridgewater. Would that be a good signing, or would they be a good thing or a bad thing? Mm. Uh, yeah, it'd be good. You know, I go uh, bad. Yeah. I go bad. I think they they they're tied to Garoppolo with the money, and and when he's healthy, they only went to a Super Bowl. Um, quick question: Tyrone Ty Hilton is a free agent. Give me one team. Bam! You think he should go? T Y. Um. I think you should stay with the Colts, man. I mean, they need some deep threat um, ability, but man, yeah, I'm gonna say he should stay with the Colts, man. I love, I love seeing him there. I love seeing yep. him. There. Stay with the Colts, man. Should retire a cult. Besides, you got Carson Wentz, who's gonna prove his thing out there. Uh, exactly. Quick, quick question: Which two teams are in the Western NBA Finals? I'll go first on this one. Lakers, Warriors. Oh come on, the Warriors? Are you serious? Go. How about the Utah Jazz? Let's start with them. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll go with the Lakers. You know, I think Anthony Davis comes back, but I don't think they beat the Utah Jazz. Let me tell you that right now. Quick question. Who's in the Eastern Finals? I mean, the Nets and uh, the Sixers. The Nets and the oh, Sixers. Oh, dude. I say Nets and um, Bucks. Cool. I don't like the Bucks. I know. <laughs> I cringe when I said it. Um, quick question, last one. Do you actually see a comparison between Luca and Larry Bird? No, not even in the slightest. I only see the comparison that they're both unathletic and they're both not fast and they both can't jump. <laughs> but no, two for nine at the free throw line. 
Come on, Larry would cut his own throat. Never. Larry Bird would yeah. cut his own throat if, that, if he had to do that. Never. So, all right, so cool. Last section, guys. Before we go, this is a long podcast, but we had to make room for our wheelhouse. So apologies and apologies to your battery too, Rob. Uh, before we go, this is a women's. This is the first day of the women of Women's History Month. So every week we're going to celebrate a, um, a female athlete predominantly, I mean, or, or whatever we want, but we're going to go at female athlete. My female athlete I want to celebrate is Amanda Nunez. This yeah. one was the only woman in American top team that had to spar with men because there were no other men there. And when push came to shove, not a popular woman, not a needle mover, not as talented and as enigmatic as Ronda Rousey was, but she did what Ronda Rousey um, started. Ronda Rousey put, put MMA, women's MMA into the UFC and on the UFC map, and she literally took the ball and ran away with it. And if there's any yeah. anyone that disputes that she's not the greatest of all time, check her lineup. Beat Misha Tate. Starched Ronda Rousey. Starched Holly Holm. Starched Chris Cyborg, which all of us were like, oh my God, beat Jermaine Durand. I mean, who's the Iron Lady? There's nobody left to beat. This woman wept because there are no worlds left to conquer. I give you Amanda Nunez. Who you got, Rob? Yeah, for me, it's got to be uh, Venus Williams. You know, being in the star stardom all the time, uh, having to go through her cancer issue, I mean, and then coming back and still being, you know, in the top 15 type of players in the world. I mean, she was in quarterfinal semifinals for the last like two, three years. And you could tell that she's a different player, a different person. But, you know, the heart, the heart and the fire is still there. And it's just amazing to watch, amazing to see, even as her sister. It's just so crazy with both of them. It's just they push each other to such a level, but in such a great way. It's never animosity towards one. Even when they're playing each other, they're yelling at their successes or their own failures it's yep. never to across that net to the other person so um yeah i i just i have to give venus williams all the credit in the world because you know she she did it she lost it she came back and did it again you know that's just one of the best stories i know about i really like that you said her I thought you were going to say Serena. You pulled a gang. As does Rob, everybody. you pulled a gangster move on me. You are a gangster. And everybody loves Rob, okay? And Rob loves you guys. Me? I can't stand you right now. I can't stand any of y'all right now. In fact, we're out of here. I think we're done. Rob, before I go on my little spiel, is there something you want to tell to all of the people listening to this podcast? Stay safe. Stay happy. Get out and do what you love, man. Oh, my dude. See? See, that's that's respect right there, dude. For, okay, so for all of you at home, for all of you in your iPads, for all of you in your iPhone at Starbucks at the lunch line, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, old school. For all of you on your droid. For Rob, keep it McLean McLean. I'm Jason DeBiss. This is episode 56. Man, thanks for sticking with us this long. See you next week. We love you to pieces, and we're out. Thank <laughs> you.